Coming to you from Studio Ice Nine in Earth's capital, San Diego, California, USA. It's the Beatdown Show. If you don't think it's mess, you got the wrong damn address. Here is your indomitable host, C. Colton. There's always a moment that separates the past from the future. That moment is now. The immortal words of Anike Tochukwu Ezekiel, author of Psychology of Friendship for Leadership. And let me tell you, nobody does obscure quotes better than the Beatdown Show. And huzzah, huzzah, welcome in. It is episode 18. We are calling this one the Charthasis. <laughs> That's marvelous. Yes, it's 2017, people. It is our first episode of the new year, and there is no longer a pro football team in town. Chargers have moved north to Los Angeles. And this is our first opportunity to really vent about it. It's been over a month since it happened, but that doesn't matter. We'll still get our say in. Who am I? Well, I'm C. Colton, the host, a.k.a. C. Note, a.k.a. C. Fresh, a.k.a. Colt 45, a.k.a. Cornelius Colt Niferous III, Esquire. If you're not into the whole brevity thing. And I'm still raw. I'm still numb. The chargers are gone. Oh, also, I usually like to add that I'm just some dork with a podcast. Anywho, you already know that by now. But, yeah, getting back to the Chargers move. Surprising? No. But, you know, the way it all went down was pretty, pretty rough. And, you know, there's nothing good to say about it. As we've gone on record here before at the Beatdown Show, Chargers are dead to us. We are no longer interested in anything they're going to do up in L.A., the StubHub Center with 28,000 people and exorbitant ticket prices. Good luck with that. Um, But that's okay, because I have an awesome, awesome interview that's going to be the centerpiece of the show guy named Todd Tobias, a local sports historian, joined us for a brief interview. He also wrote an excellent piece for Thrillist.com that we'll, uh, we'll go into on the interview. And I kind of built this show around that interview, so uh, we'll get after it. Uh, but right now, I've got certain information. Man, I've got certain information. Let me drop it on the one. <laughs> Yes, and I certainly will because as a lifelong Charger fan, former, I guess I have to say former now. That's crazy. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm upset. I'm hurt. Uh, I've got some vitriol and 
full of piss and vinegar and and rage, but then there's sadness and and I I don't know. There's just so many emotions going through me that right now it's time that I spit a little hot fire. More fire, more fire, more fire. January 12th, 2017 was a day that will live in infamy in San Diego history and not just in sports history, but in the city's history. That was the day that the letter, the yes, the letter from Chargers president Dean Spanos circulated in the media as he and his sons flew high in the sky in their private jet to make the rounds in their new adopted home of Los Angeles. Yes, so this letter from Dean essentially was the most cowardly way to announce to the fan base that the team was gone, much to our chagrin. And I'll tell you what, it was just really, it was a gut punch, man. It was a sucker punch. It was rough. And I'll tell you what, frustrated fans went to the team headquarters to dump their bolts gear and express their anger, their their sadness, their frustrations. You know, burn it or whatever. I wasn't among them, but I feel their pain. I'm I've got all this gear now that I don't know what to do. I I suppose I could donate it. I don't want to burn it. I don't want to destroy it. But I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm just not interested in anymore and maybe I'll hang on to it. Maybe it'll be worth something one day. It certainly will be uh, as we get further and further away from from 2017. It certainly will. They will. All the stuff I have will be collector's items and any stuff that any fans may have. And that's the way it's going to be. But yeah, as a, as a lifelong Chargers fan, uh, the day I was dreading finally arrived when that letter came. And that's it. As I've said before, I'm done. I will not follow the team to Los Angeles. I do not care. The one exception being, I really hope that the two Chargers that mean the most to most San Diego fans, and I'm talking about quarterback Phillip Rivers and my personal favorite, my guy, tight end Antonio Gates, finish their careers on an up note and pave their way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I don't care. I'm not even going to tune in and hate watch the Chargers like a lot of pissed off Charger fans are going to do. I'm not going to do it. The good news is there was a uh, Celebrate San Diego rally at Petco Park recently. Thousands of fans went out there. It was a spearheaded by the Padres and Padres and some of the other teams like the Gulls and, and San Diego State Aztecs and the USD Toreros, even Point, Lam- even Point Loma Nazarene. They're using this as an, as an opportunity to say, hey, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. Some of you Charger fans, if you need some kind of sports release, come celebrate us. So the Celebrate San Diego rally was held. It was great. I guess Ted Leitner, voice of the Aztecs and the Padres, was emceeing. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the entities that I mentioned already were out there. Did a great job. Even a video message from Bill Walton uh, was played on the uh, the board for the fans. He was off doing his TV play-by-play stuff for the Pac-12 on ESPN. It is college basketball season, so he couldn't be there in person, but you know he would have been if he could have. And uh, my man, former Charger center, 
offensive lineman Nick Hardwick was there. And I'll tell you what, the beatdown show applauds Nick Hardwick because when the announcement came down about the team moving, as you know, he's a radio local radio host and he's also the color commentary analysis guy on the Chargers radio broadcast. Of course, the play-by-play man, Josh Lewin, is going to go with the team. But Nick said, no, I'm in San Diego. This is my community. I'm not going to do that job anymore. So at a cost to himself, because he does get paid to do that, he is uh, no longer no longer involved with the Charger broadcast. And he's been adamant about it. And he's one of these guys who the Spanos has had stump for that Measure C you know, mess. And so he feels betrayed, as we all should. So bravo, Nick Hardwick. We celebrate you here on the Beatdown Show. Well, now it's time to get right to that interview with Todd. It was a great time. I'm really excited about it. Here is that interview that I had with Mr. Todd Tobias. It is our extreme pleasure to have a guest who can speak on the matter here on this episode of the Beatdown Show, the Charatharsis Local sports historian, he runs a great website called Tales from the AFL, the American, the old American Football League, Todd Tobias, and he's also the former curator of the San Diego Hall of Champions. Um, you can reach him on Twitter at Tales from the NFL, AFL, wow, let me get that right here, at Tales from the AFL. He's got a Facebook page, Tales from the American Football League. And he's a San Diego native. Todd, so glad to have you uh, today on the Beatdown Show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. No problem. Let's get right into it. Our Chargers are gone. They have left for Los Angeles. You penned an excellent piece for Thrillist.com that I recommend anybody check on the San Diego tab of Thrillist.com about the Chargers leaving for L.A. being a big sucker punch, as the headline said. Todd, uh, just... Kind of sum up your feelings as as a as a native San Diegan and a lifelong Charger fan about what 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 went through your mind when the official announcement came down. Well, it's it's funny. Um, I hadn't really thought about it until you just read that title again. But the word "sucker punch" kind of, if I were to pick one single word, that that might be a pretty good one. Um, you know, I think everybody uh, had an inkling that this was coming. I mean. We've been talking about it for years and years at this point. But the final letter that was sent out by Dean Spanos, um, it was a sucker punch. It, it you know, I think everybody, <coughs> it was one of those things where everybody realized it was happening, but nobody wanted to believe it was really happening, you know, an alternate universe kind of thing. Right. And when it finally did come through, it was, it, it, it was still a shock, even though it really shouldn't have been. I agree there. You know, uh, we talked about this, about how with that being on the horizon for years now, especially it seemed like the last two or three, my interest in the Chargers just on the field was starting to lessen and lessen. It used to be appointment-based viewing. I'd plan 16 weekends a year around where was I going to go? Who was I going to get together with? Sometimes I'd go to a game or two, although it's been years since I've actually attended a game. Um, but uh, but you kind of lost your, your zeal and your appetite for Charger football a while ago, right? 
Well, for uh, contemporary Charger football, yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I've, for whatever reason, I was born with a passion for history, and uh, the old AFL and the, the Coriel years that I grew up with are something that I love and will continue to love. Uh, in terms of what's going on on the field today, yeah, it, it has lost me. It, uh, it, the personal connection uh, that I used to feel with the game itself or with the, you know, even with the players as a, as a kid, um, that's gone. And sure. it's, un, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I, it, it was a gradual process, certainly. Um, but it's, it's too much for me now. Uh, and, and I, you know, too much professionalism, you know, yes, too much, uh, commercialism, yes, too much of a spectacle, yes, uh, and not enough focus just on the football and the players. Sure, and the game. I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, NFL is about as corporate as it gets, whatever, $9 billion a year they make. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think I already know the answer to this question, so you're not going to uh, have any interest in the Los Angeles Chargers? No. No, not me. in the nineteen sixty Los Angeles Chargers. Sure, yeah, that one year. Right. Yeah, uh huh. But totally. <laughs> but beyond that, no, no. Right, moving forward, absolutely not. I'm not either. I think there's thousands of fans that are with us. I'm actually kind of fascinated by the ones that say, you know what, the Chargers are still our team. We're we'll we'll follow to L. A. Um, and I I don't begrudge them that. I'm I shake my head a little bit. What, what's your thought on that? On the the fans that are. You know, even though they've been sucker punched, they're still going to follow the team. You know, to be honest, uh, I, might, I might be a little bit envious of them uh, just because they're able to roll with that punch. Um, and if, if Charger football is something that they truly love and enjoy and they can they can follow it with the same zeal in L.A. as they did in San Diego, then, you know, more power to them. That's great. But I know that for myself and for nearly everybody in my circle, uh, that's not the case. Well, that's, and that would, that would describe me. I'd like to read, uh, an excerpt from your piece on thrill list here. It was great. Uh, Todd, again, I'm with Todd Tobias. He is a, a local sports historian. He was the former curator of the hall of champions. He just has a wealth of knowledge about the old AFL, which of course included the chargers. And then obviously some of the other franchises that, came along in the merge. Uh, if you haven't been to the website, Tales from the AFL, it's fantastic. I snooped around a little bit, really enjoyed it. And there's just so much good stuff. Like there's great stuff on the old Boston Patriots that I didn't know and a whole lot more. So please check that out again. You can follow him uh, on Twitter at Tales from the AFL and the Facebook page, Tales from the American Football League. So, Let's see if we can find that. Uh, here is the excerpt I wanted to read from Todd's piece on Thrillist.com. And it went a little something like this. As a historian and lifelong fan, how do I feel? Well, how should I feel when the team that I grew up with suddenly and in cowardly fashion leaves my hometown for supposed greener pastures? Does numb cover it? How about pissed off? Sad, jilted, frustrated, cheated those are appropriate hurt for sure but my overriding feeling unsurprised that is just fantastic uh todd i feel like you really captured the heart and soul 
of the heartbroken Charger fan. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it it just it encompasses so many emotions. I mean, I'm I'm at this point 44 years old. I think I probably watched my first Charger game when I was around 7 or 8. And so that's you know, there's a good 35 years or so of history right there. So it uh it, it runs a full gamut of emotions. Um you know, I remember I remember watching, you know, the great the great Coriel teams uh you know in my in my family room with my dad and my mom and and our neighbors and i remember going to games going and to I, games yes i remember um you know doing a lot of work for the chargers uh interviewing so many of their their <coughs> former players and coaches um you know don coriel hanging out at, at my house and and doing interviews and things like that or wow. going to visit lance allworth or sid gilman or all these guys and and to think that um, the connection, the overall connection, uh, between myself and those guys has been broken because the team is gone. I mean, sure. I'll, I'll still see, you know, Lance or, or, you know, read about everything, but, um, you know, that's heartbreaking. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, it, it, it absolutely is. It feels like the heart's been ripped out. I, I talk to friends that live in other parts of the country that follow other NFL teams, and they're just like, come on, man. The team didn't move that far away, but I have to, I have to remind them that San Diego has its own identity that's separate from Los Angeles. Yes, we share Southern California, but if you're not from here and you don't understand the way the kind of the dynamics are between San Diegans and Los Angelinos and and just th that whole thing, then you probably don't understand. It's at least for most of us that are taking it this personal. Uh, and it, and it may be like an age demographical thing. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. And so I think those of us that are natives and that have that strong connection with the team going back several decades, it's, it sucks. And maybe the younger fans that, uh, have come along, um, don't, uh, don't see it the same way. And I think, a lot of them are the ones that may be, uh, you know, alleged, you know, at least metaphorically making the move with the team. That's true. I guess uh, any response I would have to that would be, you know, New York and Boston aren't that far away, but Yankee fans and Red Sox fans don't drink together. Amen. <laughs> that's that's true. And 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 you know, just when it's been a month uh, by the time this this episode is out, it's been a month since we've heard this news, and. We're st I'm still, I still feel a little raw about it. I mean, I'll get over it, you know, and it's going to be fine. Uh, certainly the, the Celebrate San Diego rally that was at Petco Park helped uh, San Diegans and sports fans in general feel a little bit better about things. And, and that's great and all, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it still feels a little raw and, you know, like you, I'm probably done with NFL football and it's just funny that hear my friends that are Dolphins fans or Niners fans or Steelers fans saying things like, Hey, we got room on our bandwagon. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, I guess when, you know, every year when the Super Bowl uh, is played, if, if one of the original AFL teams uh, is in it, uh, I would root for them. Although I would have a hard time rooting for the LA Chargers if they if they made it. Right. Um, but yeah, no. Beyond that, I I don't I don't really see myself following contemporary football very much. It just it's it's too different now. 
Absolutely. Um, well, again, I uh, my guest here is Todd Tobias. He's actually written two books. Right, two books about the history of the San Diego Chargers. He was nice enough to give us a copy uh, of the first one, "Bombs Away: Eric Coriel and the San Diego Chargers." Uh, again, by Todd Tobias. This thing is slick. It's it's great. Thank you for the copy. I really oh, appreciate you're very it. You're welcome. Um, you know, if nothing else, I will. I can when things get a little more settled and I'm less upset about the move by the, by the franchise, I can probably really enjoy that because uh, I definitely remember some of those teams and, and it's just, just a great piece of history. I, you can't deny, I, I think my thing is I'm going to have some perspective on this as we move further and further away from it. And, uh, and I'll be able to enjoy what we had when we had it 56 years, you know. Yeah, no. And and what we had, you know, there were there were periods then when uh, the Chargers weren't so great. But but overall, what we had was great. Sure. Uh, you know, look at some of the players we've had, the coaches we've had, some of the teams we've had, the history we've had here. It was fantastic, regardless of whether we won a Super Bowl or not. Um, so, yeah, that having that torn away is is that sucks. I, I get the sense that if Steve Sable from NFL films was still alive, he'd, he would love you so much, <laughs> you know, like just because, you know, like, you know, like, you know, the history of the AFL so well and, 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 you know, your heart, your heart is totally in it. You know, the passion, I see it, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I never, I've never had any connections with the Sable family, but, uh, you know, I've written pieces for the Kansas City Chiefs for their website. I'm Great. in contact with their his team historian, and um, I've written for different magazines or publications, both online and in print. And and um, yeah, you know, people people appreciate football history. Mm -hmm. You know, those those old teams spark a lot of really great memories for folks. So. Uh, yeah, there's there's some neat connections that I've been able to make with different people based on that stuff. That's great, man. Uh, real quick, the perfect segue since you mentioned the Chiefs. Let's stay in the in the division. The Oakland Raiders are kind of a mess, and they're kind of about to go through this whole thing. Obviously, uh, they were one of the teams that was considering or was considered for Los Angeles. It looks like that's not going to happen, but. They the, the Las Vegas move for the Raiders, which seems like it'd make a whole hell of a lot of sense, may be off the table as of right now. Um, that's still up in the air. But then you always hear about how if San Diego really wanted to give the middle finger to Spanos's, it would be get in touch with Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, bring them down here, figure out a thing and get pro football back in the NFL. Now, for me. That disgusts me. I, you know, I mean, I've always appreciated the rivalry between the Raiders and the Chargers, and I can't sign on for being a San Diego Raiders fan if that happens. Absolutely not on principle alone. How, where do you where do you land on this? And again, we know your feelings about contemporary football, but I mean, you must have an opinion on this. New York Red Sox. How's that work? <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I don't. I don't see it. Uh, you know, I mean, no. it, it may happen in terms of of you know them actually getting here, I guess. Um, but no, it's it's far too awkward for me. It's it it goes against every you know fiber of me. Honestly, um, I would feel just as badly for the the people in Oakland as I do for the fans in San Diego. And sure. just because we suddenly tore the team away from somebody else, you know, that wouldn't make me feel any better, frankly. 
Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And I don't need to have this pro football void filled necessarily. Mm. And certainly not by the Raiders. So I just, I have a real hard time with that. And some, and you know, you hear some of the stuff around town. Some people are like, hell yeah, bring them here. Um, I think that's, I think it's moronic, but whatever. I mean, to me, yeah, it would suck if, if they left Oakland. I think that's where they belong. I mean, they did it once before and went back. Mm-hmm. But they're an old AFL team, too, and you certainly appreciate their history. Oh, absolutely. And and I you know, respect that about them. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, the, the Raiders are a fantastic franchise. I mean, they've, yeah. had, they've had some rough spell in recent years, but... Um, no, they've got they've got wonderful history going going way back into the the AFL days with the Daryl Lamonicas and the George Blandas and the Ben Davidsons and Jim Ottos and you know Clem Daniels and all those guys um, on through the '70s and the '80s the you know Matuzaks and the and the Lyle Alzados and the Kenny Stablers and Marcus Allens and you know I mean oh yeah it, it's 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 great stuff and it it you know I I guess. I wouldn't begrudge the Raiders as much if they were in L.A., uh, if they moved to L.A. instead of the Chargers because they have obviously some history there, and I think they have a pretty significant fan base there. Mm-hmm. But to bring them to San Diego, just it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't work for me personally. Uh, me either, and I think there's a lot of us that agree. Again, I think a lot of the older fan base just you know <laughs> reviles in horror at the thought of it. Um, and I think that yeah, that younger folks are like, Hey, you know, if they came here, it'd be a team representing our city. And I don't know, I just couldn't do it. So yeah, good to well, know you you're know, in the same boat. so many of the, the younger fans are so used to their players and their coaches, you know, leaving free agency and all these things, you know, they, it's very rare that, that, you know, the younger crowd, experienced a guy like a junior say or a Tony Gwynn or a Dan Fouts or a, you know, Lance Allworth or guys, you know, guys that were around for, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18 years in the same uniform. Um, so if, if that's what your, uh, if that's what your experience is on a player level, then maybe it's easier for you on a team level as well. But for those of us that, that did grow up with, something a little steadier we'll just say uh i think it flies in the face of all that we all that we love and believe in totally i guess maybe last thought here todd um the the ballot initiative measure c i mean that was a total joke right there was it wasn't even really it was just kind of like a fake way to try to see what whether or not the spanos family could get that stadium built right it certainly didn't seem like their hearts were truly into it. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a particularly political guy, so I don't follow all the ins and outs and those kinds of things. But uh, I tend to think that if if a stadium was really truly wanted here, and and people then would be willing to put aside their egos and and things like that and get it done. Um, I think that there was. You know, there was a guy here uh, working for the Chargers named Jim Steig, who was a fantastic, fantastic uh, organizational mind. And, you know, Jim Jim did some wonderful things for the Chargers, but never, I don't think Jim was ever really given the opportunity to, to really get after a stadium like he, like he hoped he, he could. And uh, 
frankly, I think that that you know the Chargers getting rid of Jim was probably the the death knoll for this thing early on. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was he was the kind of guy that could have made things happen, and uh, you know, it he was gone obviously, and and things didn't happen. So, but back to your original question about Prop C, no, it it, it seemed like a band aid, uh, you know, and and maybe we can get this done, maybe this will, you know, heal things a little bit, but no, the hearts and souls weren't put into it. And uh, as a La Mesa resident, you obviously couldn't vote on it. Correct. But if you could have. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know that I would have. I, I got to be honest with you. Um, I have a I have a problem with... Um, basically billionaire families reaching out to the public for, uh, you know, assistance to make them ultimately wealthier. Sure. Even though it was technically going to be that hotel transient, transient Sh- occupancy, whatever, sure. TOT tax. Yeah. No, I've, you know what? I, Still. I've got a lot of good friends that have great business ideas and I'm sure they would love to have taxpayers pay for their ideas as well. Um, you know, and, and give us another half hour. We could probably come up with two or three ourselves, but, um, you know, it, it, for me, it goes back to if if you're reaching out and you, you really want to be a part of the community and you want the community's help, treat the community well. You know what? If, if, you, if you treat us like part of the organization, part of the family, then I'm sure that you will be, you know, we will respond in kind. But basically to, to distance yourself as much as possible and then come say, hey, I need a billion dollars for this stadium or I'm going to leave. Um, really? I, you know, frankly, if, if there was somewhere an extra billion dollars to go around uh, for businesses, I would much rather see it put into grassroots businesses to help build, you know, in San Diego as opposed to giving them to one one single entity to make a wealthy family already wealthier. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I shook out on it too. And, and, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you, I voted no on Measure C, and I actually even here at the Beatdown Show, we actually, uh, before the ballot came out, we actually said, uh, said uh, I, I said, I, I should say, why, uh, why people should vote no on it, and we, were, we took a strong stance. And I will tell you, 60 days before uh, the, the election, I was on the other side. And I, I did a 180, and a lot of it was because of exactly what you just said about, you know, helping the rich get richer, mm-hmm. and uh, and I couldn't get on board with that, and it was a Band-Aid, and it seemed like a bad deal all the way around. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do it. I'm real glad I got your uh, your take on that, Todd. Well, Todd, thanks so much for being here. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming and giving us your thoughts, and and uh, really, really, we're indebted to you on that on that front. And you were the perfect person to have on this Charthorsis episode. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I appreciated it. No problem. One last time, uh, he's Todd Tobias. He's a former he's a former curator of the Hall of Champions, a local sports historian. And uh, look for his website, Tales from the American Football League. And he's on Twitter at Tales from the AFL. And there's a Facebook page too. Thanks again, Todd. All right, have a good one. Music! 
You're listening to The Beatdown Show, featuring the insuperable C. Colton. Now, back to the show. Ah, yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a musical interlude. Can't have the whole Charatharsis episode be about sadness and defeat. But it will be about victory. Victory on the local music scene. Real quick, I want to highlight some big shows. Big, big shows that are coming in town. These are not necessarily local bands. In fact, most of them aren't. But they're great shows that you should put on your calendar and keep an eye. My, one of my personal favorites, the Squirrel Nut Zippers are coming to town on April 1st at the Music Box. Check them out if you liked that 90s swing phase that lasted about, uh, about five minutes. But they're a great band. Also... Check out Mariachi El Bronx. They're going to be at the Belly Up Tavern on May the 5th. Speaking of May, great show. Me first in the Gimme Gimmies. The West Coast Punk Band cover band is going to be back in town at the House of Blues. May the 12th. That might be one that yours truly will be in the front row for. So you don't want to miss that. If you like a little bit of the high, the harder stuff, Deftones are coming to town. They're playing with Rise Against Sounds like a pretty good show on July the 7th at Sleep Train Amphitheater in Chula Vista. You don't want to miss that if, if you, you like to bash your head around and do that kind of thing. A um, couple other shows that are on my radar. Portugal the Man, band I've never seen but know a lot about, is playing at Observatory North Park March 16th. Perfect Circle, which seems like everybody's a fan of that band. They're playing at the Open Air Theater. McCoolin's like, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that show. They're playing at the Open Air Theater at SDSU on April the 11th. Hey, uh, tickets for that one are not cheap, McCool. So he's already got them. Cool, man. Hey, if your plus one uh, cancels, you know, your boy right here. You know, I'm, I've never seen them, and I'm not not sure if I'd even like them. But I love live music. That's why we talk about it on the Beatdown Show. Uh, w- one band that is a local band, Reverend Horton Heat. They've been around forever in San Diego. They're playing on 420 at the Belly Up in Solana Beach. Um, also, even though it is 420, probably leave your smoke at home because security don't take too kindly to you smoking them tweeds up in the Belly Up in Solana Beach. They'll throw your ass out of town, and then you'll be sad and alone by the side of the highway. Highway 101, that is, and nobody wants that. Hey, a couple of shows that are coming up that I think are just total nostalgic type deals. Lionel Richie. How about this? The Ahas Arena at SDSU on May 8th. And cool. I know you have your tickets for this. This is a blowout show. Also coming up at Viejas is new kids on the block reunion. Paula Abdul and wait for it. Boys to men, dude. Oh my God. I think I would go. Just for boys to men, I bet you Paula Abdul will be so drugged and drunk out of her mind that there's no way in hell she sings live, right? That's going to be a lip sync, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll see. Anyway, McCool, that'll be uh, a great time on June 1st at Viejas Arena. Okay, well, on, on the local band front, real quick, McCoolin's band, by the way, the gorgeous Boy Scouts, they're in the studio currently and going to have another release at some point. Upcoming shows, we'll let you know. Just check our Facebook page, The Beatdown Show, 
or our Twitter at Beatdown Show. You can always check the Gorgeous Boy Scouts Facebook page, too, for any updates. He's pretty good about updating it, right? Yes, that's a yes for those of you that couldn't see him. Uh, we're also really excited about uh, some local bands. I've, I've gotten to see a lot of local music in the last few months. A great, gorgeous Boy Scouts show was uh, at, was it the Moreau that we were at? at that last show, McCoolin? that Or was that Soda Bar? I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. The last show that you guys played. It doesn't matter. It was a good time. Uh, it was the one I went to. It was Soda Bar because I went with uh, I went with good friend Fernando Jackson, and he rarely gets out to a weeknight show. But that was that was a good turnout. I thought you guys sounded really good. So let's get some shows for 2017. Get off your asses. Also, Soul Orchid, the band from our beatdown co-host alumni group, Danimal. Yes, the Danimal, the drummer from Soul Orchid. They played an amazing show back in December at Seven Grand in North Park. They've got a benefit show coming up in March at Bar Blonde. That's the new bar that used to be Bar Dynamite over in Mission Hills. It's right there on the corner of Washington and uh, India, I think, or Washington and, and Mini Mart, whatever. Anyway, that they are doing an awesome show. It's a benefit show with some other bands to benefit uh, Planned Parenthood. I don't have all the details on that, but good for them. Check them out. Soul Orchid's fantastic. Lead singer Jen is unreal. You got to catch them live. And then I've also had a chance to see the Aborts, great local punk rockers. They did a great, great job at Soda Bar um, when I saw them in January. And also, I got to give some props to a newer band made up of some veteran musicians, the Strawberry Moons. Uh, My pal Will Lerner is kind of the front man in a double keyboard situation. And they play some great kind of poppy, almost kind of retro, visceral stuff. It's kind of hard to describe. But I'll tell you what, if you like double keyboard action, both Will and Amy Jacobs, who is a terrific musician in her own right and from one of the beatdown shows favorite bands she's also in the burning of rome they're great uh five-piece band they sounded terrific at the tower bar when i saw them in city heights so check them out and uh and just check out local shows man you know take a chance well it's time to uh, move on to the signature portion of the show and you don't have to be a palm reader to know where I'm going with this one. On the beat. No surprise. San Diego Chargers. They're on the beat now because they are no more. The Los Angeles Chargers. Hey, whatever. Hit the bricks. Stub Hub Stadium for the next two years while you wait for some giant palace that you have to share with the Rams. A team in LA that nobody got that excited about in their first year. And I'll tell you what, nobody cares that much about the Chargers coming up there. It is a crowded, and I mean crowded, like nuts to butts, sports marketplace in LA. Where the Chargers fit in there, I'm not exactly sure. But I'll tell you, UCLA and USC football might be higher on the list than them. Probably like Anaheim Ducks hockey is even higher in that LA basin. So good luck, but hit the 
And with that, we also got to throw in uh, Dean Spanos and his sons, AG and John. More on Dean because he's a coward. He went out like a punk. He's nothing but a rich man's son. Got all the love in the world for the old man, Alex, as he um, enters the latest, later years of his life. Uh, you know, he's not in great health and he's up in Stockton, California, where he built his empire. And Alex would have never moved the team to L.A. I really, truly believe that. But he gets the benefit of the doubt. His son and his grandsons, not so much, hit the bricks. And again, I'm not going to hate watch, but I don't care anymore. And I'm not wishing any success for him. So that's our beacon list. The beatdown list segment of this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only and does not condone or advocate violence in any form. Its larger purpose is to serve cautionary notice for the intended people or entities herein exposed that the informed populace is omnipresent, outraged, and fully operational and will no longer accept any tomfoolery, trickeration, hijinks, absurdity, rope-a-doping, carnival barking, hypocrisy, or insanity in any form or manner. What, what so, so ever. Ever. Charthars God, I love it. This is fantastic. Thank you again to the man for whom this show would not be possible, McCoolin. He's the man. He's our executive producer. He's on the ones and twos. What can I say? He's like Jesus. He's all around us. Thank you again to him. Thanks to uh, J-Dub, our uh, voiceover emeritus. We'll have an update on him soon. And thank you to Todd Tobias. Man, that interview was great. And uh, to all you Charger fans out there, you know, just uh, get out to an Aztecs game. Get out to a Padres game. Padres aren't going to be very good this year, but hell, get out to a game. It's baseball, man. Just don't let this void that we're going to have, no pro football, define you anymore. There's plenty of stuff to do in San Diego. Lift, just let us know. Find us on Twitter at Beatdown Show. Check out our Facebook page, like it. You can find also our podcast at our website, beatdownshow.blogspot.com. Get us on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Or I like to use Podcast Addict. There's other there's other uh, ways to catch our act out there. And write a review. Tell us how much we suck. This has been great. I feel much better. More on the way in the beatdown territories, my friends. Namaste.